The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. And welcome into the EP Podcast. My name is Chris Lanuti, and this is your weekend update brought to you by the First National Bank of Evergreen Park. They know that when you're working toward a financial goal, every little bit counts. And that's why when you open up a total access checking account, you get free ATMs nationwide, a $300 bonus thrown in, and you get great mobile and online banking tools. Plus, you get the support that I get. I just reached out today and said, hey, I can't figure out my password. I'm not really sure about something with the online banking. Bada bing, bada boom, it was fixed. No problem. No standing in line, not going on Twitter and asking a question. Actual people I can go in and see or get on the phone at a moment's notice. And you have easy access to your money, plus a little extra to enjoy your summer and now the upcoming fall. Open online at bankevergreenpark.com slash total access slash EP. $100 required to open. Requirements to qualify. Must use link to apply. Member FDIC. Hannah is off right now. There's a reason for that. I told her and all the other guests to stay away. COVID has come to the Lanuti house, and it was inevitable, just like Thanos. The Lanuti kids have all come down with COVID-19, and uh, one of the things that I want to do is kind of talk about what I've gone through myself and my wife over the last 36 hours or so, because it was it was eye-opening in a lot of ways. And while we take this journey that I think a lot of parents, uh, it would benefit them. I kind of dedicate this episode to the parents of Evergreen Park and, uh, and, and those in the surrounding areas around Evergreen Park here on the south side, because there's an awful lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of people that are nervous with kids going back to school. The three kids from age 6 through 15 that have contracted COVID and what has happened over the, the, the last 36 hours, and they, they caught it uh, three days ago or so, was when they first started showing symptoms, has been eye-opening. And joining me on this journey today, I brought in a medical expert that we've all talked to before. Dr. David Beckman is on the line from Family First Medical Group right here in Evergreen Park. You can check them out online at yourffmg.com. How are you, Dr. Beckman? I'm doing well. Sorry to hear that your uh, your family is in uh, COVID ground zero right now. Yeah, you know what? But here's the thing. I always felt like it was going to happen at some point. Like, you and I have talked on this show before, and one of the things that Erica, my wife, and I have have said really for a while now is that at some point the kids are going to get it. Yeah, and and we've been we've we felt good about looking at you know statistics like one that recently just came out: twenty six million over actually twenty six million kids that have caught COVID nineteen, and only three hundred sadly have passed away. Right, but that's a really high survival rate. Um, children have been doing very well. The Delta variant doesn't seem to be doing anything differently with children. We can get into that here in a moment, but, but what I, I, you know, I think that we always knew it was going to happen, but when it does happen, that's when you really decide, that's when you find out if what you always thought you really felt that way. (laughs) And I know that my wife has been very nervous. I have been extremely calm throughout this entire thing because I have, Listen to people like you, and I've I've gotten my data off the CDC website, not off of Twitter, and so I felt very confident throughout this entire thing. I want to just break down what the kids have and how they've done over the last couple of days and then get some comments from you. So on Tuesday, 
My son gets himself a very mild fever. I don't think he ever got over 100. And my daughter gets one as well. They both experience headaches. My son is done after the first dose of acetaminophen that he has. Mm -hmm. He never has any other symptoms. My daughter, though, is continuously just not feeling well. She's maybe coughing once every 20 minutes, but it's something in her chest. You know, her temperature is sitting somewhere around like 100 to 100.5. It's not really high. And the next day, as it continues, my wife says, I'm going to go get her tested because school's coming up. And I'll bring Dominic because, well, he didn't feel good yesterday, just in case he's asymptomatic. Like, we were thinking school coming up. They go get a test. They both test positive. Mm -hmm. At the time that my daughter tests positive, she's at 102.1 or something like that and shivering in the doctor's office. And that was the worst that she's gotten. In fact, uh, now on day three, her highest temperature has been a 99 even. Mm -hmm. Um, And my son has been asymptomatic, except he lost his taste buds. And we've been trying out hot sauces all day long, and he doesn't even get the heat. (laughs) And so, like, that's what we've been doing. And we assume we're going to get results back very shortly. They decided because they're short on the rapid test, they're going to do the one that takes maybe a day or two to confirm for my little guy who's six years old. But Nick sleeps in a bunk bed with the door closed with his brother, so either he has COVID or they can use his blood like they did the monkey in the movie Outbreak and cure the entire thing. So at this <laughs> point, go. we've got three, right? And and are you surprised in any way by what I told you about these kids? Not very crazy symptoms, all of them in very good spirits right now. No, that's, uh, that's completely consistent with um, what we've seen among patients, um, in in clinic that have uh, kids in clinic that have gotten these symptoms or gotten this infection and um and yeah it's it's i mean you have the the spectrum uh, in your own house which is people that really kids that don't have any symptoms and then other kids that have uh kind of a flu-like illness um and uh and that's that's pretty typical um that's that's exactly what we've seen all the way through since the beginning. So a couple of things that we've been told, and I want to see whether or not it's, it's real because uh, it's been, it's been kind of interesting. First of all, we've been, we've been given the impression that from the time that they started showing symptoms, most likely anybody within 48 hours previous to that time was really exposed. And anybody that's outside of that 48 hour period beforehand, it's very unlikely that they're in danger. We did reach out to people probably about who had seen them over the last four or five days before symptoms, but we told them that kind of thing. Does that sound accurate to you? We've been told that. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, definitely the viral shedding is highest within the 24 to 48 hours before symptom onset. Um, And so you would expect that that viral load is the highest at that time. And then as the immune system kicks in and the fever starts to go up, the body starts fighting off the infection and that viral load starts decreasing. So, um, so yeah, that that's definitely consistent. All right. So now this was really interesting. My wife and I are vaccinated and we got a call from the Cook County Department of Public Health today when they were doing their contact tracing and we also talked to the, the pediatricians for my, my kids, and they, they all said the same thing. You guys are vaccinated. If you don't feel any symptoms, you're, you're actually probably fine, and the chances of you passing it to somebody is very low unless you have symptoms or a positive test, even with the Delta variant, we were told. They told us if you want to, to be on the safe side, 
go get a test three to five days into this to confirm that you didn't have any breakthrough. But if you haven't had any breakthrough, you can exist as normal, even though the kids in your house have COVID-19. And we got told this by not only the pediatricians, but when the Cook County Department of Public Health called up, which was surprising to me. Like, we're going to go get a test. I know I have an event coming up next Tuesday for District 124, and I want to make sure that I'm okay. But that's the way it's been explained to us as vaccinated individuals. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. So if you're if you're vaccinated and you've had a high risk exposure, which you which you have, um, and you don't have any symptom, if you test yourself um, three to five days after that initial exposure and you're negative, you're you're good. You don't have to you don't have to worry. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that that sounds accurate. So, I I mean, I guess the thing that I've noticed, and it's interesting, the only reason I kind of wanted to talk about it today, and I wanted to kind of put out what's been going on, is that I did a Facebook post, I want to say a couple days into this, and the reason I did it was because people were starting to hear that the kids had COVID, and I started getting a lot of texts like, thoughts and prayers, somebody told me they were lighting a candle, and I was like, they're okay, you know, I mean, like, they're going to be fine, and I think that some people are get very, very nervous, I think the Delta variant has scared an awful lot of parents, especially those who are getting ready to send their kids back to school. And I'm like, they're fine. So I kind of shared a lot of things in the Facebook post, like this is what's been going on and this is how they're reacting. But also the fact that most doctors or all the doctors we've dealt with, everybody we've dealt with, um, school nurses who we've talked to when we alerted their schools, uh, the doctors that we dealt with, the uh, again, the Cook County Department of Public Health who called up, every single one of them treated this like their kids, you're vaccinated, you're fine. Yeah. Like it, this would be very rare. If something bad happens, you should just relax, give the kids some, let them move around the house. Don't keep them in bed all day. My daughter was trying this low carb thing that she was kind of hooked on. They're like, go back to eating carbs. You need a little bit of sugar that helps your body fight the disease. <laughs> and, and, and like, mm-hmm. and otherwise it was like, just, you know, put some fluids in them and treat it like the flu. They'll be fine. And I was, and, and the thing is, I think it's important to kind of talk about the fact that we're living right now with it in our house. And in reality, I got three smiling kids and they seem to be doing very well. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I think that's probably the thing that is really, um, I think hurt, uh, parents the most is that, um, the, the stories that that people share are always the worst ones. And when all of those stories are shared over and over again or reported on over and over again, you get a false sense of what it really is out there. Um, and, and it's unfortunate because uh, there are a lot of people that are still struggling with the anxiety and the worry and the fear um, when for the vast majority of people, it is not an infection to fear. Um, and, uh, and your experience is the experience that, um, you know, tens of millions of other, uh, households have experienced with their kids. And you get that initial worry and concern because it's like, okay, well, they have this, what, is, what does that mean? And like you said, you, you initially are like, okay, um, uh, well, I'm going to trust the statistics and, you know, 99.999% of the time, those statistics hold up and they, and they tell the story. And the story that they're telling is the story that you guys are living right now. Imagine one day out of nowhere, you need your car towed. Who are you going to call? You have no idea. 
Right, because none of us think about that until it actually happens. So I'm going to give you a name, Dreamers Towing and Recovery. Located in Evergreen Park, Illinois, they will tow your vehicle, locally or at a long distance, at a very affordable price. What happens when your car needs a jump start? Dreamers Towing and Recovery. What happens when you're locked out of your car? Dreamers Towing and Recovery. You got a junk car, you don't know how to get rid of it, and you just want to move along and get some cash? They buy your junk cars. Covering the EP and the surrounding south side of Chicago, Dreamers is there when you need them with 24-hour service. Call them, 773-410-4549. 773-410-4549. Turn a sudden nightmare into a dream with Dreamers Towing and Recovery. My son, I think, is in, he's actually getting a kick out of the fact that he can't taste anything. He he has, we lined up a bunch of hot sauces. The kid loves hot sauce to begin with, but like he's like a hot sauce aficionado. And he's got like some really crazy ones in there, like stuff that he's tasted on his finger. And he's like, that's too hot for me, you know? And we were, he was, he was eating spoonfuls of them. And the thing that he, and I actually shared this uh, video of him doing it on my personal Facebook uh, he, he, he's taking an entire spoonful of like this ridiculously hot sauce and he would sit there and he'd go, no, I, I can't taste the thing. And I don't even get the heat. Like there's a little heat wow. in the back of my throat, wow. but I'm not even getting the heat off of it. Like it's just dead in there. How long does that last for? Because I'm going to tell you, he wanted, he was arguing over what kind of pizza we were going to get tonight. And I'm like, what do you care? You can't taste it. <laughs> like, how long does that last for for these kids? Well, you know, it's it's pretty variable. Um, I would say that the majority of uh, patients, they'll have their taste and smell come back within uh, seven to fourteen days. Um, but there are there are some people that will will end up having symptoms for longer. Um, you, you look at the statistics and there are different um, measures of what long COVID is and long COVID is, can be defined a hundred different ways. But one of the symptoms that is described is the loss of smell and taste. And um, if you look at kids, uh, 90% of them will have symptoms uh, that will be gone within a month. So I'd say that on the long end of things, you, you look at a month, and on the short end of things, maybe a few a few days. So, um, yeah, I think the the big thing with the smell and taste is after you've gone through the initial infection, the the seven to ten days. Um, the main thing that you wanna that you wanna do if you still are if your smell and taste haven't come back is doing some aromatherapy. So kind of getting some essential oils and, and doing some smell tests to kind of retrain um, those uh, those senses if that's something that continues over the next couple of weeks. Well, he's a 13-year-old boy, so I put my armpit in his face about a half hour ago and he could still smell that. <laughs> So I mean I like I'm, right now it's just taste doc, but I mean like I, I mean like that's I you know and that's the way I think we are in this house right now. I find it really interesting because like I've had a lot of people like I said that have reached out and they haven't experienced it yet, and they they think the worst because what I they see on Twitter and what they see on TV. Yeah. And again, this is something like I've had so many people say, "Are you okay?" And I said, "Yeah, I am." I always thought this was going to happen, and and that has been said to us now. By multiple doctors, because my my wife saw two of the pediatricians in the practice when she brought in the the first the first two kids, and then she saw another one when she brought in the little guy the next day. 
And they all made the same comment. Like, everybody's going to get this at some point. The idea that it's that your kids aren't going to get this, no matter what you do, there is a point where they're going to get it. And, and, and the good news is, is that even though it might be more contagious with this variant, this is the way it's going to go. They're, they're supremely confident. I found, like, my wife even commented, Eric was like, the, the amount of calm and confidence that they had when it came to dealing with children, it was as if they had been diagnosed with the flu. It, 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 it was as if they had been diagnosed with some other kind of thing. There was no real change in how they approached it. They actually wrote out 10 days from now, send them back to school and wrote it on a piece of paper Absolutely. in, in supreme confidence and sign their names like that. And that's the thing. I think a lot of people have the impression of, well, oh my goodness, it's going to be touch and go and it's going to be a long ordeal. And what, what and, and they, the, the doctors kind of looked at it as, nope, don't worry because they're kids, right? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's what we should be saying. And, you know, obviously there are the, uh, the rare cases and exceptions, and uh, and that's why you you stay in touch and and you monitor symptoms and you make sure that there isn't anything strange happening or, or symptoms getting worse. But yeah, ninety nine point nine nine percent of the time, it ends up being a flu like illness or um, or less for for kids. Okay, I'm going to tell you about the, uh, before I let you go, the funniest thing that was told to us. We had a nurse who I think just did not, at the very beginning, did not understand exactly like how, I don't think she realized the way that she said it to my wife because my wife couldn't stop laughing. That until we knew for sure that the six-year-old had COVID, and if he didn't have it for some reason, we should isolate him from all four of us. And he would have to, you know, we should we should all live separately from the six-year-old, which made me immediately wonder, like, do we give him the kitchen with the stove and the food, or do we give him a sack <laughs> full of Lunchables and make him live in the basement for a week? And what will that do to him psychologically? But when it was said to her, and when I heard about it, I was like, oh my goodness, I hope this is not what people actually think. Because that would scare the heck out of a little kid, right? I mean, especially like if all of a sudden, like me as a vaccinated person, I started like putting on like like a hazmat suit, and locked him in a basement, right? But like I, when that was said to me, I was like, "Oh, good God! I hope people don't act this way around their kids." Well, yeah, you know, unfortunately, um, there a few months ago there was a, a New York Times op-ed that kind of uh, followed that script where. A small child tested positive for COVID. the The child was terrified and was uh, and was quarantined and and scared away from the rest of the family. I think that's um, the the that that's kind of the pathology that has emerged. I think throughout this pandemic is that um, when you're a parent and you have little kids, I mean, you're not going to put them in a room, or at least I hope you don't put them in a room away from, away from all of you. I mean, that's, that's, uh, cruel and unusual, I think. And like you said, I mean, if one kid gets it, everyone else is going to get it. And, um, and, or, or he already had it. So I think that's, uh, that's unfortunately how some people, how some people look at this, um, is that you you really isolate and quarantine a small child? I, I think 
we have to take a step back and say, look, there's a difference between staying away from grandma um, who's vulnerable and having a small child who is um, not going to be severely affected by this. And, uh, and, and we should stop treating every single patient the same. And unfortunately, you know, everyone, a lot of people, I think, perceive the risk to themselves to be equal across the board. And that's just not the case. Yeah. And you know, when the vaccinated, it's pretty obvious. I feel safe. I'm going to tell you, I've kissed every one of my kids on their head. You couldn't drag me away from them, even though that they're not really in any danger. I have not changed how I interact with them in any way. And uh, I think it's made them calm down too, because trust me, they've lived in this world for the last 20 months or so where, you know, they're like, oh my goodness, I got COVID. And I said, I keep telling you, you're going to be fine with this. And now I guess you're going to find out whether or not your father is an idiot or he actually <laughs> knows what he's talking about. So, I mean, I put my reputation yeah. here on the line with these kids. And, uh, and I, right now I think they're looking at dad like, you know what? Dad was right about this. And uh, they're breathing easier, but that's the thing. Like, if I would all of a sudden been like, all right, don't touch me. Stay over there. Get away from me. Like, what would I be saying yeah. to them? Especially because I, I have a vaccine that protects me. And 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 I still, and all the studies show it. Every, everything is kind of showing it. Uh, you know, I, I want to bring up one more thing with you before we get out of here. It's completely unrelated to the kids. But CNN put an article out yesterday, and I found it very weird. Because originally the article went through some very important points about the possibility of a third shot, a booster shot for the vaccines for adults. And then CNN pulled three or four paragraphs out of the story because I had a friend of mine who read it and then contacted me today and said, you know, they've edited the story. They took all that stuff out of there. Oh, really? But you can actually find, you can find the stats online. It was like they just didn't want to report those stats anymore. And I, I found it very weird. Huh. But the stats were basically that a survey was done of a million New Yorkers Three different tables of data. And what it had shown was, although the vaccine seems to weaken enough that more people could catch, say, a cold from it, right? They could, they could, they could contract it. There has been no, there's been nothing that's shown that at any point, the risk of hospitalization or death has risen for anybody that has a vaccine, no matter how long that they've had it. And it basically said, if you're vaccinated with two, getting a booster shot at this point, it's only proven that it would protect against contracting it. But it doesn't make any difference in whether or not you'd be hospitalized or if you would or if you would be if you would die, because it still is offering that same protection. Plus, the other thing that they pointed out, which they removed, was that they still don't know what the effect would be if they had a third one because they have to do a study because there is such a thing as over vaccinating people. Have you heard or read anything about this? Can you enlighten me on it? Yeah, the um, so the the booster push for everyone, um, regardless of their immune system, is uh, premature. It's definitely out front of any data to support to, to support doing that. Um, like you said, I think people look at uh, the the utility of a vaccine as does it protect me from being in the hospital and dying? And if it does, then it's working. Um, the vaccine right now does that, and it continues to do that through Delta, through all the data that we see. We see that still 90% of the people that are hospitalized um, right now 
are people that have not been vaccinated at all against coronavirus. So, um, the, and those 10% that do get hospitalized, a lot of them are um, elderly who, who do have some compromised immune function. And that's why I think it makes sense if it's someone that's older or has an autoimmune condition and it's been six, seven, eight months since they got vaccinated, it, it would make sense that they maybe get a booster. But I think what's going to wind up happening is all the people who don't need a third shot are going to be the people that get a third shot. And I think at some point it becomes a moral question too. You know, we're here in the United States vaccinating people with a third shot while um, the majority of the undeveloped world has struggled to get one shot. Um, I think it just, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't sit well for one uh, from a moral standpoint. And secondly, uh, from a statistical and scientific standpoint, I mean, you're essentially uh, going forward with with a, a lot of, um, I would say, a lot of a lot of privilege, trying to get a third vaccine to basically try to avoid getting a cold is kind of what it boils down to. That is a really good point. Dr. David Beckman from Family First Medical Group right here in Evergreen Park along Western Avenue. Check them out at yourffmg.com. I got my appointment coming up in a couple of weeks, Doc. You got to do a whole wellness yeah. check with me. I'm a mess. I can't wait till you get to get a look at this body. You're going to be like, oh, my goodness. Chris, we've got a lot to work on. Uh, and and you know what? I'll be able to, to follow up with you on what's going on with these kids. We will talk a little bit about it on Monday's episode. Uh, we are also going to have some guests on Monday's episode that I recorded before I found out my house was a house of COVID. Uh, <laughs> so, so it'll be an interesting show because right about midweek, I was like, whoa, hold on. Stop everything we're doing. We have to adjust. So uh, I appreciate yeah. you jumping on. I'm going to run upstairs. I'm going to have some hot pizza. Uh, the rest of the family is going to have hot pizza. My son is going to have hot cardboard. And I appreciate you joining us, Doc. All right. Thank you, Chris. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, Basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement. Plancha. The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at the eppodcast.com.